Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. Be sure to subscribe to the show. Tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, dogs, and cats. Hey, buddy, have you heard about the Chris Voss Show podcast and thecvpn.com? You should go there and subscribe to all nine podcasts because it's a community and you want your friends to be listening to the same crap you're listening to or whatever. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, welcome to the show. We certainly appreciate it. We got an incredible book author today. Holy Judas. This guy has written 20 books, 20 books. I'm still trying to write my first book. He's like, he's, I can't even catch up. So, um, I won't even try, but that's why we have him on the show is so we can talk to him and find out all the wonderful knowledge he's uh, compiled over 20 books in his lifetime. So, uh, today we have with us John J. Murphy. He's the founder and CEO of Venture Management Consultants Incorporated, is a firm specializing in creating lean, high-performance work environments. As a business consultant, John has worked with some of the world's leading organizations, including ADP, BMW, Chase, the Michigan State Senate, the CIA, and the U.S. Navy. He's the author of 20 books and has trained thousands of people from more than 50 countries he lives in palm beach florida welcome to the show john how you doing buddy i'm doing great chris thank you thank you for having me on your show awesome sauce kind of looks like you'll have a nice little florida tan there going too so <laughs> well it's been stormy here lately in palm beach uh it's it's technically hurricane season oh that's right hurricane season I think you guys pretty just stormy, have but... so john you've written 20 books give people a www they can go check you out on the inner tubes on the interweb Sure, it's uh, www.johnjmurphy.org, johnjmurphy.org. johnjmurphy.org, and then, of course, I'm sure you can find his books on Amazon and, and uh, booksellers near you. Uh, so, John, you, uh, it, the book we're going to be talking about today is called Miracle-Minded Manager, but before you get into that, uh, let's talk about your origin story, how you grew up, what, what made you want to be an author, how you became an author, all that sort of good stuff. Yeah, well, I had a, a couple of teachers back in the day who said uh, I'd never write anything good. And, uh, <laughs> wow. I, I, so I never really thought of myself as a writer growing up, that's for sure. And even through college, and I got a finance degree at Notre Dame and, and went into corporate finance in Chicago. And uh, I even had a boss there who, who, who said, because uh, I'd have to write up like analysis reports and he made some sarcastic comment one time to me, like, did you go to Notre Dame High School or Notre Dame University? Oh, shoot. Wow. I, I guess I was a little too creative to write, you know, credit reports and analysis type <laughs> stuff. So I, I left that job and I decided that I didn't really want to be in corporate finance anyways. I wanted to be in more human resource type work, you know, people stuff. So I went into, I took a big step backwards, actually, a step back in pay, a step back in uh life so to speak and uh but I, I reinvented myself which is actually the title of one of my other books and then uh found my way into human resource management worked my way up to an executive position and then left in 1988 to start my practice after doing what i now teach so i i was a pretty transformational kind of leader if you want to call it that uh in my my prior job and I got a lot of recognition for some of the things that I did around the country. So I just decided to go out and teach. And then people said, well, if you're going to be a consultant, you have to write something. You can't just, you know, <laughs> so, so, so I actually bought, I got a book. Uh, I read a book on how to write a book. You know, this was long before, you know, YouTube and Google and things like that, that we, you know, so I actually read a book 
about how to write a book. <laughs> and then I wrote my first book, which has now been uh, published by five different publishers. It's, it's, it was called Pulling Together the Power of Teamwork. Uh-huh. And uh, it's been published in a lot of different formats. I even got a copy of it sent to me recently that's in Vietnamese. Wow. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, I've got a lot of friends that are book writers, and it's amazing the the uh, uh, the syndication of international stuff, and and sometimes the interpretation of the cover art that they use. Like, I have some friends that'll be like, "Well, okay, that's what you did with the cover art in some, you know, the Philippines or some weird country." Um, but that's awesome, Sauce. So you've written twenty books, and you've come out with this book, uh, Miracle Minded Manager. I'll go ahead and hold it up here for those of you watching on YouTube. That's why you should subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can see that there and you can see John J. Murphy's wonderful face here from Florida. Um, but miracle minded manager, it's a good size book and I've gotten a chance to peruse it, read some sections of it and love some things about it. So, uh, we talked in the pre-show, you said that this book here, miracle minded manager, uh, took 26 years to be a sequel. Is that correct? (laughs) Yeah. So it's a, it's a story. It's a, it's a parable. I find that parables are a wonderful way to teach uh, mm-hmm. people because they can relate well to stories. And so, uh, yeah, th- about 30 years ago, I wrote my first book, Pulling Together the Power of Teamwork. And uh, one of my brothers, he's a professor now at Notre Dame, he said to me, John, you should, you should write an allegory. And it's like, what's an allegory? I had no idea. It's a gory alley. Yeah, right. He said it's like a parable, you know, it's a story. He said, because you tell a lot of interesting stories and pulling together, you should write the whole book as a story. So I decided then to create this character, Jack McDonald. He's at the time, uh, he was a general manager of a big company called TIPCO, which stands for typical company. And uh, he's trying to pull people together and, and, you know, get people aligned and and, uh, really, you know, run a, a healthier business, a leaner business, and he's struggling. He's getting a lot of resistance. So he gets uh, the help of this consultant named Jordan McKay to come in. And you actually see in that book, it's called Agent of Change, Leading a Cultural Revolution. And you see in that book how a leader can pull a team together and really make them cultural change, some real, a real difference in people's hearts and minds. So I, I, that spun off to several other allegories and some other di- different types of books that I wrote over the years. But it occurred to me just a couple of years ago to go back to Jack McDonald and tell a story about he's now been very successful financially. He's got a great life, so to speak, great lifestyle. But he's really struggling with some stress and anxiety you know, even though he's now the president of, of a division of TIPCO, a business unit of TIPCO, and, you know, he's, he's, he's got plenty of money, he's got, you know, he's married, he's got two kids, grown kids now, but he's, he's struggling with his health, his body, his, his anxiety, you know. So he goes back to Jordan McKay, and he says, hey, you helped me change my culture years, you know, years ago. Can you, can you help me change me? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I need some life coaching, so to speak. The sequel, by the way, isn't. It, it took 26 years for me to, to write the Miracle Minded Manager after Agent of Change, but in the actual story, it's only a three-year difference. So, okay. Yeah. It's kind of like Terminator, right? Like Terminator Two. 
Terminator one. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So you, you credited this book, um, uh, the course for accelerating uh, your growth and prosperity and quadrupling business revenues within two years. And so you blended the lessons in the course of miracles from your uh, modern day training. I did. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm actually taking a course in miracles now for the fourth time. I just, I, I just repeat it, you know, every few years to, uh, it's just a, it's a daily mantra for 365 days. So it's uh, there's a textbook and a teacher's manual as well. But the course is the workbook course is, is 365 lessons over the course of a year. Wow. It's, it's, it's a profound it's a channeling of Jesus, actually. And hmm. uh, so uh, back in the 70s, a uh, medical psychology professor at Columbia University, Dr. Helen Shuckman, started to hear this voice, so to speak. and uh, you know, freaked her out a little bit at first. And by the way, you know, she, she's agnostic. She's Jew, Jew, you know, Jewish agnostic scientist professor. Mm-hmm. So the, the last person in the world, so to speak, looking for spiritual guidance and, you know, religious guidance and things like that. Well, she starts to hear this voice. She mm-hmm. shares this with her colleague, uh, Bill, Th- Dr. Bill Thetford. And he says, well, listen to it. Don't resist it. Listen to it and take notes, write it down, whatever it tells you, write it down and I'll help you decipher it. You know, we'll figure this out. So she did. And, you know, one of the first things she heard then and wrote down was this is a course in miracles. Hmm. It's a required course. It's not voluntary. Only the time that you take it is voluntary. Hmm. And then it goes on and it's just absolutely profound. So, I had heard so many people reference it over the years that I, that I read and looked up to people like Eckhart Tolle, Wayne Dyer, mm-hmm. uh, Deepak Chopra and Marianne Williamson, for example, she's a, you know, she's made written a lot of books relating to a course in miracles. And, uh, and Dr. David Hawkins is probably the most profound influence on me, the late David Hawkins, but he, he talked about a course in miracles over and over and over again. So I finally decided, you know what, I should probably investigate this. I came home from a road trip in Europe and sitting on my desk when I, in my pile of mail was an invitation to A Course in Miracles. So I was like, wow. okay, I get Serendipity. it. I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take this course. So I, I did, and it just truly blew my mind, so to speak. It was kind of interesting. Um, in the book, you talk about ego and stuff. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Eckhart Tolle, a friend of mine turned me on to Eckhart Tolle when I was really struggling after uh, having uh, my dog, of, uh, I think almost 15 years, die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a dog I loved completely and, and, and uh, was, was just my, my – it was like losing a child, basically. Um, and I'm single. I don't have kids. And so my dogs have always been my kids, you know, my, my children. And, and so – when you lose them, you're just kind of like, oh, this sucks. Um, and you don't have anything else to turn to because you don't have children. So you're just like, wow, okay, right. well, that, that 16 years of is gone. Um, but uh, I was really struggling with it and a few other demons. And uh, a friend of mine turned me on to Eckhart Tolle's book and talking about the ego and the ego mind and stuff. And you referenced that in your book. You've got a chapter in here. Um, talking about in fact part one is the ego thought system uh and you go into detail but that saved my life uh it literally saved my life i was at the brink uh and it saved my life but you talk about that in your book um in the uh first section of it 
Um, and so I, I really recommend people really understand the ego thought system and, and stuff because, uh, it's amazing how our brains uh, sometimes can be our own worst enemies. Sure. Well, over 95% of our daily lives is run by the subconscious mind, not mm-hmm. the conscious mind. The, the conscious mind is the will. The conscious mind is creative. And because it is, it's usually not present. It's thinking about things you got to do tomorrow or next month or next year, or it's thinking about something that happened yesterday or last week. The conscious mind just, I've seen research that, that, that says on average people aren't present for more than 11 seconds at a time. This is why people struggle with things like meditation and being present. Mm-hmm. Eckhart Tolle talks all about, you know, one of his books, The Power of Now. Mm-hmm. Be here, be now, be awake, be aware, and don't let your m- mind wander, you know, all over the place. Um, in the Buddhist tradition, they call that like monkey brain, monkey chatter. You've got all this... <laughs> I had a very large, I had a couple of monkeys running around. I think, I think it was a barrel of monkeys in my head. I still do actually, but, uh, I, I've had to keep going back to his uh, power of now book and, and, uh, get back to basics sometimes. But, um, so you talk about this, uh, the course of miracles of people familiar with that. Um, what are some other aspects in this book that we can, uh, take a look at doing there's I know there's a root cause of all problems that I found that was pretty interesting where you talk about managing behavior results attitude lead and assumptions and stuff yeah yeah well the root cause to every problem on the planet is called ignorance it's <laughs> it's true we don't know anything it's we too don't true. Know what we, and we don't know what we don't know yeah. so we, we walk around the planet with perception not knowledge there's a huge difference so of course in miracles teaches the difference yeah. perception to knowledge so from falsehood to truth to put it in david hawkins words there's a chapter in the book called shift happens and so the shift is the shift out of the ego thought system think of that as a box outside the box the, 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 a paradigm a belief system a shift out of that box entirely into a completely different thought system they can you cannot be in both thought systems at the same time Mm. Almost everybody on the planet is in the ego thought system. That's called human nature. We mm-hmm. think we're actually human and we have spiritual <laughs> experiences from time to time when it's just the opposite. We're actually all spiritual beings who have a temporary human existence. We lived before, before we were born and we'll live that long after we're born. Life is cyclical, not linear. Everything is cyclical, like day and night, the seasons, the planets. Everything is cyclical and round so to speak but we're not trained that way we're trained to think linearly beginning middle end birth life death that's the ego thought system the ego thought system is also the root cause to all grief all guilt all shame all apathy all despair all desperation all depression all anger all lust all pride all jealousy all greed all of those reactions are from the ego thought system. And then we have all these strategies, you know, go to the gym or learn to meditate or do yoga, you know, take a pill, have a beer. We have all these strategies to cope with stress, to manage stress. Why not delete it? So the shift is not trying to manage all this stuff and cope with it. It's to completely delete it. Like you delete viruses on a computer, delete, delete, delete. When you delete all the baggage you have in your subconscious mind, everything weighing you down, you're free. Everything is then free 
So the ego thought system is all of those feelings. And David Hawkins had some brilliant, um, he said something called the map of consciousness. He could calibrate using applied kinesiology, the energetic frequencies of all those different emotions, so to speak, all those feelings. So anger has a certain frequency to it. Pride has a certain frequency to it. Guilt has a certain frequency to it. The lowest of all those frequencies is actually shame, followed then by guilt, then by apathy, then by grief. And you go up this scale, you finally get all the way up to anger and then pride. Those are all still inside the ego box. And the way out of the box is called courage. It takes courage to let go of all that baggage, all those beliefs that you have buried in your subconscious mind, and then be free. And up above courage, you get into frequencies of joy and bliss and unconditional love and enlightenment, different levels of enlightenment, so to speak. So that's the, that's the map of consciousness. I say, why manage problems inside a box when it's the box that's the problem? There so we've go. got all these things that we're doing inside the ego box. Just get out of it. Learn how to let it go. I like to say let go and let flow. When you let go of everything weighing you down and getting in your way, you, you, you witness miracles all the time. It's incredible. There's, we're, we're living miracles. You've got 50 plus trillion cells in your body that somehow know what to do and somehow <laughs> know how to get along and, and, and heal. You know, you cut yourself, it naturally heals. Your, your body is intended to be healthy and strong, but we do all kinds of things to self-sabotage. So the book, Jack McDonald goes through all of this and he learns some interesting release techniques like emotional freedom technique, which is meridian tapping. It's, uh, it's been featured on Dr. Oz, Nick Ortner, who's a, a New York Times bestselling author. Nick is the one who actually taught me EFT like 10 years ago. It's a release technique and it's a simple way to let go of programming that's in your subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind's running your life. It cannot be in the future or the past. It can only be present. It, it can only replay history. It's not creative. It's mm -hmm. just replay. It's your autopilot, so to speak. And if you want to put this in perspective, Chris, the conscious mind, the will, the creative mind, on average can process 40 bits of data per second, 40 bits of data per second. The subconscious mind, 40 million bits of data per second. It's no contest. <laughs> So the secret to habit change isn't willing to make a change. I will stop eating this unhealthy stuff. I will start exercising. I will go to whatever. I will, will, will. And the subconscious mind's going, no, you won't. <laughs> you tried that last <laughs> We're going to, we're going to do what you've taught us to do all these years. We're going to keep you on the track. Yeah. yeah. So the idea is to get into the subconscious programming and delete this, these, these limiting beliefs, these things weighing you down, fears and phobias and anxieties and stress and just delete, delete, delete. And that's what you learn in the book uh, through Jack McDonald. That's awesome sauce, man. You just gave me a giant soundbite right there of just the most <laughs> concentrated core of, of ego-minded issues and, and mental things that people have. I, I implore everyone to take and check this out um, and to learn from it. And if you haven't gotten into the ego mind and some of these different uh, things, uh, it will change your life if you open up your mind and let it realize <clears throat> that, uh, you know, we all have this, this, this madman ego mind that just beats us all day long. You know, it just bangs us over the head with our past history and 
mistakes we've made and injuries we've made to other people. And, you know, it constantly, it constantly berates us of, of what you remember that one time you did that and you're like, that was like 25 mm-hmm. years ago. And it, it, it lives in this world where it, um, where it's, it's trying to stay alive and, 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 and keep all this stuff going because that's how it, it thinks it's got to be around if I understand it correctly. And the problem is you can't change the past. And then people, you know, does the same with the future, worrying about the future. And really the only thing you can do is be present. And that was the, one of the biggest problems I was having at one time with my, with my dogs. Uh, my one dogs uh, had cancer for about a year and a half. Um, and my problem was I was having trouble just being present when she was, when she was around, I'm like, this is a, I, it, it became very obvious that this was a limited resource, uh, even more so with the cancer and that every day was a brick of gold that we could get. And, and I'm like, somehow I have to maximize this, but somehow I'm still losing every day. I'm looking at other things and worried about other things. And even when she was beside me and I'd be petting her and, and, uh, giving her treats or whatever, I, I would still be worrying about like 50 million other things. And I would be like, this person we don't know if is going to be here tomorrow. I mean, my person, my dog. Um, so you, you, and I was, I was like, I'm not here. And I just became aware of the fact that I was in other places, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I couldn't focus and everything else. And so uh, dealing with the ego mind and, and all this stuff that you described earlier <clears throat> really, uh, really made me uh, realize that I needed to take a different course. And so, um, mm-hmm. So you, you do this as an allegory. Uh, you tell the story of this gentleman. He goes through his processes. Uh, there's several different, you got a lot of great reviews on this book too, as well. I noticed uh, Dennis Waitley, uh, Dr. Ken Blanchard, um, uh, Richard DeVos. Um, and um, there's a whole bunch of them in the book, actually. I know the names though of uh, Dennis Waitley. I'm a big, I was a big fan of Dr. Dennis Waitley when I was growing up and, read a lot of his books uh and dennis and i've been on stage together it's yeah he's a a, a terrific terrific person yeah i remember this is how old i am i'm probably going to date myself but the nightingale conan uh remember those tape series used to be able to subscribe to and dennis whaley would be in them uh psychology of winning that was that was he sold over 100 million copies of that i was fortunate enough that my father back in the day had old records from uh, the Selling Institute, I think it was. Uh, and then he had old records from Nightingale, Earl Nightingale. And yep. uh, and so I got his records and I was like, wow, man, this is pretty interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I still have them to this day, so it's pretty cool. But uh, what else on this book do we need to know about? Uh, uh, what other things uh, are, are important for us to go ahead and go order this on yeah. Amazon? Well, one one thing is important is that you can't be in both thought systems at the same time. You're in, mm-hmm. either in the fear-based dualistic ego thought system, which is right, wrong, good, bad, us, them, win, lose. Everything's duality. So the ego thinks in terms of division and separation, Democrat, Republican, all that kind of stuff, and uh, and puts up boundaries. And the ego is also uh, fear-based. So it's it's always it's it's fueling people with anxiety and st- stress and things like that. Um, and you, in the, the the spirit, the faith-based system, you can't have fear and faith at the same time. If you if you're afraid, it's because you have no true faith. If you have true faith, you're not afraid of anything. They're completely different thought systems. 
the ego sees love from a very different perspective than the faith, the spirit system. The ego sees love as temporary. I fell in love with somebody. I love my car. I love my house. But it's all about temporary and the relationships that are temporary. Spirit doesn't see love that way at all. It's I, I call it capital L love versus small L love. And the book capital L love is unconditional. It's like your dog. Your dog loves you absolutely no matter what you do. Yeah. It's, it's just pure forgiving love. And see, the ego thinks of forgiveness in a different way. The ego says, I was right and you were wrong, but I forgive you. <laughs> That's condemnation. That's <laughs> not forgiveness. I forgive you. That's condemnation. Yeah. It's, it's attack and defend. The ego is all about attack and offend and who's right, and who's wrong and, and, and jealousy. It's all of those human experiences and emotions. When you make the shift, the shift that happens and you, 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 you step out of that entire thought system, it's like a reprogramming of you. And that's what A Course in Miracles does. It's a reprogramming of the mind. And you step out of the ego box. That person that used to annoy you doesn't annoy you anymore. Now you have compassion for that person and you, you, you feel that they're just calling for love. That situation that used to frustrate you, it doesn't frustrate you anymore. You actually live in peace rather than waiting to die in peace. Rest in peace is what we say when people die. Well, why, why not live in peace? Mm-hmm. You know, and then the ego says, well, I, how can I be at peace with all this violence going on around the world? Until, until all the violence and all the wars stop and everything else happens, then, then I'll be at peace. No, you won't. the grass is always greener is another ego statement you know i'll I'll be happy someday when i have more money or when i have a nicer home or when i have this the ego is always saying someday i'll i'll be happy why not be happy right now Mm -hmm. so great gratitude is, is a huge shortcut out of the ego box the ego doesn't understand gratitude it's never satisfied seeking you will not find the ego is always searching for something bigger, something more. Oh, you got a master's degree? When are you going to get a PhD? Oh, you know, you, you got yourself a, a, a BMW? When are you going to get a Ferrari? <laughs> the ego just doesn't shut up. And so when you let go of that programming, you appreciate what you have, what you are, you're the relationships you have. You live in gratitude, and it's a, it's a wonderful place to be. That's awesome. I mean, that's a that's an incredible uh, lesson that most people should take and learn. Uh, it was amazing to me when I when I got into the ego uh, theories and ego um, uh, books and stuff, uh, just learning about what was going on, and then starting to listen to that voice and starting to discern between my voice and the ego's voice, and realizing those are two different things. And that guy is a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like him very much. And uh, the other eight voices that, you know, scream, kill, kill, kill all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, learning to listen to his voice. And, and I keep having to go back, and I really should put a tag up on my computer or something every day that says, um, hey, man, uh, you know, stay present, listen to the thing, because you, you find yourself just getting browbeaten again and off topic, and you get to the end of your day and go, I didn't get anything done today that I wanted to get done, things that were important to me. Um, sometimes sometimes I think that we're tuning out uh, that ego mind that's berating us, that's beating us, that's punishing us. Um, I think video games are different things that we do. Like you mentioned before, people turn to alcohol, food, 
uh, different uh, aversions that uh, end up being self-destructive. And I, I think sometimes, I know for a lot of years, I, I abused alcohol. Um, I wasn't an alcoholic, but I definitely uh, abused it um, just to get that mind to leave me alone, to get it to shut up. And and uh, fortunately, it would usually put me in creative states so I could write piano music or I could uh, play guitar or I could just do anything. But just not having to listen to that freaking voice up my butt all the time um, was what I was trying to do. And unfortunately, I spent way too many years doing that. <laughs> but uh, I was trying to just get away from that voice that was just haunting me and bugging me. And even to this day, I still find myself, uh, you know, going and doing stuff like video games where... I go to tune out and I don't, I don't realize that what I'm trying to tune out is that idiot in my head who's just bugging the crap out of me. I'm trying to yeah. get him to leave me alone. And it's amazing how much of our world is in turmoil, like you mentioned earlier, and wars and, and different things, people struggling to, you know. I mean, I, I grew up poor and then I got rich. And I always thought that that would solve all my problems. I'm like, this will solve, if I get rich, this will solve everything. I'll be a complete, you know, and we, and there, a lot of people have this sort of uh, thing that rich people, uh, Hollywood stars, people that are ultra successful, like they're just, they've perfected their human being to a point where at all levels they are maximized and, and, and self actualized when in reality they're not, if, if anything, they just have that one tube filled and the rest of them are empty or, mm-hmm. you know, semi full. Um, and so you realize, you realize that, uh, you know, I've met people that, you know, they don't, they don't feel they're worthy until they make $3 million a year, $10 million a year. And then they're still unhappy. Mm. And, you know, I, I had the same sort of thing. Everyone hated me in my life even more when I was rich, you know, I can never get any girlfriend happy. <laughs> I can never, all my business partners hated me. I'm like, I made all this money for you and you hate me. And, and it just, it just became more and more. And, and I was like, is this like this is as good as it's supposed to be and really the problem the whole time was me and what was going on in my head and and I could never be happy the way I was built back then I can never be happy um it's taken me a lot of years to figure out how to be happy and um so I it's really important people read these books and and learn and experience them because once you can disseminate that voice in your head the madman I call him from my uh, creative voice, my present voice, uh, it really makes a difference. And being able to be present is just so wonderful where I can sit and I can, I can, I can go play with my dogs. That's the one thing I don't do enough in life is go play with my dogs. Just go out in the yard. Mm. Cause I always go, okay, well, you know, we got to do this deadline and we're trying to get this done and this out. And I got this appointment, you know, my dog's like, come play with me. And, you know, going out and playing with them, and just enjoying the beauty of nature. And I'll be like, hey, wow, the sun's out here. This is a really beautiful place. I should come out here more often. <laughs> yeah, well, you just said the magic word, which is nature. Nature is so healthy and healing to get out. Like when I'm here in Palm Beach, I, I live here half the year. When I'm here, I go out at night, especially this time of year. May is May and June are, are turtle months. So the, the giant sea turtles come up right up on the beach oh, wow. and, and lay their eggs. And it's just so magical, so to speak, to sit out there. You have to be very quiet, no lights, no phones, no video games, nothing like that. Just sit out there and watch these awesome creatures come up. And it's amazing just to think about 
I, I'm told, I'm not an expert in turtles, but I'm told that they come back to the same place that they were born to lay their eggs. You know, they swim around for thousands and thousands of miles and you know, over a lifetime. But when they, when they come back to lay eggs, they come back to where they were born, which is pretty awesome, actually, you know. It's amazing they have the bearing, you know, that ability to home, come back to yeah. home. I have huskies. They have no homing ability. They, they just, <laughs> when they escape, they just run for miles and then they're yeah. stuck. But uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I one of the things I used to love in California was being able to go down on the beach and sit there and watch the sunset. Uh, and you sit there and you listen to the lapping of the waves. You you watch the sand uh, coming in and off the beach. Uh, and you watch the sunset and you realize all that stuff has been here for eons. And, and I used to go down there when I used to, uh, be, you know, knee deep in my problems and, and just to kind of get away. And I go down there and I realize that my problems were just a hill of beans compared to the eons of time and the waves that lapped upon that shore just didn't amount to anything. And it would give me some perspective where I just go, hey, you know what, some of this stuff is just that's weighing on me, all my problems and stuff. This doesn't mean anything really in, in the, in the long run of even my life. And so it would give me perspective. And I think things like that are really important in nature to give us that perspective of, of that the world is bigger than, you know, what's inside of our stupid little heads sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No question. <laughs> no question. So um, it's a great book. Uh, you've written 20, uh, 19 other books and, uh, uh, what else can you tell us more about uh, Miracle Minded Manager? Well, I told you before the show that I woke up this morning to a, a nice note from uh, my, one of my publicists. And she said, John, uh, Miracle Minded Manager won silver in the COVR COVR Awards, which is a pretty big deal. COVR stands for the Coalition of Visionary Resources. And uh, so this book was nominated um, a couple of months ago and, and people, and people vote. So, uh, I didn't get the gold for some reason. I don't know why, but, uh, that's next year. Good job, John. The, this yeah, is awesome. The, hey, the silver is good. Second yeah. is good. You know, beats yeah, me in so third. It, yeah. This is my second award-winning book. I, I wrote a book years ago called beyond doubt, four steps to inner peace that won uh best inspirational book of 2010 uh, by a big review, uh, all, all books review out of Toronto, Canada. So that was a, a wonderful thing to wake up to as well. And this is pretty awesome. It's based on 35 years of your real life experience as a business consultant. Um, it's a fictional story that offers insightful lessons on how to apply the spiritual lessons of the Course in Miracles and the Law of Attraction to everyday challenges. Relatable, compelling, and entertaining, Miracle-Minded Manager illustrates the very essence of miracles, a transformational shift in thinking. You can check this out on Amazon where books are sold. Um, you know, this is pretty cool. People are going to need a lot more of this in what we're going through right now with COVID-19. We're, in a, we're, we're entering a very depressionary stage of finance, of, of uh, uh, human toll, whether it's death, sickness, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, people that are out of work people that are struggling with family loss, uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, financial loss, job loss. Um, it's going to be a pretty tough couple of years. So I'd highly recommend people grab these books.